Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Three, three, two, two, one. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome to the Devil. Advocates Radio Show, the Hump Day Edition. It's the happier happy hour, and it's getting happier right now, Dom. We are joined by a good friend. He's a friend of the devils, a dim strategist, Joe Zapecki from Zapecki Communications. Is that what you call it, Joe? Is I get that part right? That's what we call it, baby. How you doing, man? Excellent. Hey, Joe. Good to see you, man. Vegas good Joe. Good to see you, Dom. You see I'm wearing the NIT Final Four colors of the Badgers. Vegas Joe, are you following them to Vegas? I'm not going to Vegas, but I watched last night despite the the crime that was committed against my eyeballs with how ugly that Oregon court is. Ooh, I warned the <laughs> right. I warned the audience on air last night. You cannot watch that game and not suffer eye damage. You may want to listen it's on the terrible. Civic Media stream. My kid liked are, it. Of course, the good. Kids are you today. are you going out to Vegas? Uh, I am going to Vegas, but not mm. for the NIT Final Four. If it I mean, come on, man. A Tuesday? I can't just pull a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm not Dominic over that. here. Uh, but the I will be apparently attending the National Association of Broadcasters event out in the desert in Las Vegas. I'll be representing civic media. Mr. Big Time over here. I've never been to one. I've been to Vegas. I uh, Vegas is seedy, Joe. It, it, <laughs> hey, listen, they call me Vegas Joe for a reason. <laughs> I suspect they do. Uh, what do you think of the big political debate Tuesday afternoon? Political judicial oh, debate. Come on, Curry, keep it straight. Uh, this was not the high minded affair that I think we should expect. And, and I want to call out in particular the um, decision, and it was a decision by former justice daniel kelly to refer to his opponent who is a sitting judge as janet just janet throughout the proceedings that's a bad look for mr kelly and i, I think it was a poor choice and i base part of that on some new reporting from joe zapecki of zapecki communications i just happened to be in the last hour with a journalist from outside of Wisconsin who was here to cover the race. I'm not going to divulge that reporter or their outlet, but they were at the debate in person and they spoke to a Kelly supporter before they spoke to that same Kelly supporter afterwards. And that Kelly supporter said, Hey, I'm still going to vote for him, but that was not a good look. He didn't do a very good job. And I actually, so, and a lot of that was the tone that he used and how aggressive he was in going after judge Protosewitz, who he, continually referred to by her first name, which is not how you're supposed to do this. I thought as a debate, 
if you didn't give any context, if you just tuned in and you thought, style points, it's a boxing match. I thought that Dan Kelly looked about as good as he possibly could because every other time I've ever seen him, he has been so contemptuous of the audience. And <laughs> I mean, he seemed just authoritative without being a total a-hole. This but, time he was you know, just contemptuous just of edge. his opponent. <laughs> right. Basically. He toned basically. it down for the debate. <laughs> yeah. I draw a slight distinction there, but uh, yeah, he, he didn't mind leveling the accusations of you're a liar, you're slandering me. He he said lots of things about Janet. Yeah, I, listen, like, did, did the $120,000 in checks not clear? Like, when she points out, hey, you worked for the Republican Party, and his response is, you're a liar. Does that mean, like, that was pro bono work? And well, well, no, 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 no let's be clear. Janet literally said you were on the payroll. And if he's, you know, a corporation billing a corporation, that'd be a 1099, not a W-2. Uh, so, yes. you know, I mean, you got to got to get your ducks in a row here, Joe. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Am I oh, right? And, and it was also the same thing. So she also downplayed the fact that he was having conversations. Now, Andrew Hitt, uh, the former chair of the Wisconsin Republican Party under oath at the January 6th uh, testimony said he had extensive conversations uh, with with the the former Justice Danielle Kelly uh, about the fraudulent electors as I would like yeah. to describe that and even if it wasn't that also the RNC as well so it's not like it's not like you know he, he's this you know totally independent nonpartisan player but you know he tried to come off that way and it's certainly not the case. I think we should just tip our caps to Andrew Hitt and the Republican Party of Wisconsin, because I'm going to tell you right now, anytime that I'm about to go do a crime, I definitely call my lawyers first and and ask them the least crimey way to do the crime. <laughs> if I want to do something but not get caught, I'll go right up to the edge. How would you suggest to do that, counselor? Is that how it's done, Joe? I mean, what about, you know, uh, apparently respecting the will of the American voters. I mean, that's what I'd like to do. If, if more people vote for one person than the other, that person gets elected. Call me old-fashioned, Joe, but that's how I think it's supposed to work. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the acceptable response, if, if as their legal counsel, Mr. Kelly gets that call, the response is, that's crazy. It's against the law. You should have no part in it, and I want no part in it. Goodbye. And the fact, you know what? That doesn't take 30 minutes to do. That, that conversation is very brief, and if that was the conversation he had had, I believe he would tell the voters of Wisconsin that. But the fact that he hasn't told the voters of Wisconsin that means that's not what happened. And that's all I need to know. Not that I really needed to know, because I am I voted early today, and I voted oh, nice. for Janet Protasiewicz. I didn't have to vote against Daniel Kelly, because I'm going to be uh, very, very pleased if we get to a point where it is justice Protasiewicz. Our friend Joe Zapecki, Zapecki Communications. Joe, I was a little surprised, not shocked, but a little surprised to hear right-wing talk radio's own Icky Vicky McKenna urging her audience to early vote. What a change of tune we hear. Apparently, they're sick of losing elections, Joe, but uh, that, that seems like a flippy floppy to me. It's not just Vicky. I mean, last week, the the Republican Party of Wisconsin is promoting on their social media channel, uh, channels that early voting is available to request your absentee ballot. I, I, listen, I, I'm glad that they have found the light and understand that this is a safe and legal way to vote. I wish they had been there all along, but I'm welcome to, you know, like, great. Come on in. The water's fine. Vote early. 
vote vote by mail. It's all legal. It's all legit. It was in 2020. It was in 2022. And it is in this election. I still think it's going to be a good night for progressive candidates. I don't think that Republicans have lost 13 of the last 16 statewide elections in this state because they have turned away from absentee voting. I think they've lost those elections because, frankly, they've lost their way as a party and are out of step with the mainstream. But this is a a positive development, and hopefully it will continue, that they will understand the integrity of the vote is safe and secure. Joe, I've seen a couple of positive developments. I got my own analytics, different stuff I look at. One, of course, was the turnout in the spring primary mm-hmm. and the fact that it blew through records by 35%. And that tells me on some small level, there's engagement. People care. But of course, all of these electoral numbers are far within the margins of prior elections because presidential elections, you get enormous turnout relative to what we're going to see on April 4th. So it could still go either way. But Joe, I was a little surprised to see, and I look at listenership to this fine radio program, our listenership, our engagement levels are as high as they've ever been presidential midterms right now. Amazing. People listen, people care about this race, Joe. I got to think it's more than us just being super cool. I got to think it's the development of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the circumstance that women in this state find themselves in. They have no legal authority over their own bodies effectively. And all of us, Democrats, Republicans, independents, thoughtful people, I am so GD mad about these maps, dude. They, none of us are well represented in the legislature because they don't care about us. They pick their own voters. They pick the ones that put them in office and they're unaccountable to anyone except maybe the donors. Worried about a primary. They're not worried about us. Yeah. Joe, well, this I, could all change listen, on April 4th. It, it absolutely can. And I do think a big part of the engagement is the high level of integrity that you guys bring <laughs> to the show every day. You and Bill. And I appreciated that call as well. Uh, no, you're exactly right. And I, and I want to hone in before the break on the, the question of abortion. It, because I think in retrospect, it's always easier to look back and, and understand why something happened. I think ahead of the 2022 midterm elections, People undervalued the shock to the system that was the Dobbs decision and the way that women, young people, uh, the group of voters I call Dobbs dads, you know, girl dads who understand that this was hitting home in a way that it hadn't before, were rightly outraged by what the U.S. Supreme Court did. And they voted like it. And that's how you have a historical overperformance by Democrats in the midterms. And there is a tendency in the media and among you know the smart class to go, okay, what's next? But for the voters of this state, for the women of this state, for people who care about this issue like Dobbs dads, like young people, nothing has changed. We are still living under the 1849 draconian law. The, the legislature has not acted on this. Republicans refuse to work with Governor Evers to restore Roe within the confines and boundaries of this state. So nothing has changed. This is still a live wire. In fact, I would argue that with every subsequent week and month that has gone by, there are more people who understand what the cost of the Dobbs decision is. Let's say you've got a family member or a friend who's expecting for the first time, maybe it's a complicated pregnancy. And for the first time, that expectant mother has to have these 
horrible thoughts and conversations about what happens if something goes wrong? Do I need to have an exit plan to get down to Illinois if something goes terribly wrong with this pregnancy? It brings it home for voters in a way, and they know that they can express what they think on April 4th. I think we're going to see that in spades. I think turnout's going to be sky high, and it's going to be a good night. But you got to get out there and vote. We can't get hagadorned again where people go to sleep and we end up losing by 6,000 votes. Can't happen. Certainly not. He is Joe Sapecki. We almost canceled the appearance because we only wanted you if Trump was getting indicted today. But <laughs> you do offer good political punditry. Wow, well, so we could. You could stick around for another segment. We, we come more, back after right? the break and talk about that. Yeah. yeah, we need to definitely do that. There is some Trump news today. We'll get to it with our pal. Joe Zapecki from Zapecki Communications. He's a dumb strategist and a friend of the devil. Come back with us. The Devil's Advocates. Because freedom. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Joe Zapecki from Zapecki Communications. He's a Dem strategist sticking around for at least one more segment. Joe, thank you for being a friend of the Devil's Advocates. We certainly appreciate it, man. <laughs> Let's get to some Love of these. <laughs> some of the breaking news regarding Donald Trump, and there's there's a lot going on, man. Um, let's start uh, apparently with the the paperwork crimes, as Curdy likes to call them, Joe. Uh, the the secret documents uh, the that Trump held at Mar-a-Lago, uh, an appeals court has ruled Everett Cochran, his uh, Trump's attorney in that, uh, helped him in that case. Hell, wrote some of the letters to the Justice Department in that case. He must testify on Friday. On Friday in front of the grand jury uh, for Jack Smith. What's your sense on that one, Joe? Well, I think it's a nice callback to the first segment. Obviously, the attorneys are involved whenever there's crimey crimes happening. Um, you know, listen, they are clearly moving aggressively and quickly and swiftly, and I think that's appropriate in this case um, and in all the cases because, you know, one of the things that we, we wanted to talk about was what happens now? We, we know that it, an indictment is imminent for former President Trump. And I think the question then becomes for, for many of us who have been for the last several years concerned about, you know, potential likely uh, violations of the law. We have to if we're going to believe in the rule of law, what we have to therefore believe is that Donald Trump gets his day in court. Right. What we can't have is a system where the law refuses to look at the potential crimes of someone because of their station to say, well, he's the president. So if, if he did a crime, we're not going to look at it. No. In America, no one is above the law. And so the fact that you now have legal entities, prosecutors looking at potential violations of the law is appropriate and good. And if indictments come down, Donald Trump should get every right afforded to him under the Constitution, including that he is in, presumed innocent until proven guilty. He will get his day in court. He should on all of these matters. But it is a positive development for American democracy that we are saying that no one is above the law in that we won't even look at potential violations of the law because this person is powerful, because this person occupied a position of public trust. That doesn't mean you get a get out of jail free card. And so that's that's where I'm at is whether it's the the classified documents, whether it's the 
what did Ron DeSantis describe it as the 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 hush money payments to porn stars he knows nothing about uh what whatever it is you know the the insurrection and incitement thereof we cannot operate in a system where because of someone's station we're just not going to look at any of that and we have clear we it looks like are clearing that hurdle and getting to a point where we now have to put the emphasis on okay if an indictment comes down we have to give Donald Trump the same you know privileges that everyone is afforded which is you're innocent until proven guilty but an exoneration would be disastrous especially on something relative to the alleged crimes that I'm alleging against Donald Trump related to January 6th and his efforts to persuade elections officials to go find votes in Georgia. I mean, accusations about paying off porn stars are bookkeeping errors relative to inciting riots and, and trying to overturn, you know, democracy, Joe. So, yeah. while I certainly appreciate all Crime should be punished, although, you know, I appreciate a little prosecutorial discretion <laughs> myself every now and again. Uh, at the end of the day, all crimes are not equal. And, and and I would like to see history. I mean, I don't care if the man ever goes to jail. Really, I don't. I think he deserves to be there if convicted. But, Joe, I care about the history. I mean, we cannot let this man off the hook in history. He can't go off as one of the good fellas who was persecuted. What do you think, well, Joe? What, what, Don't we have what to bring the is, real charges? Regardless of which charges come down, regardless of how those charges play out, the verdict of history are, already seems pretty clear, right? Which is that he's a loser, which is that the people who had his back several years ago are turning on him, right? From the Proud Boys saying F Trump to uh, one of the organizers of the Stop the Steal rallies who, after Trump last week on Truth Social said, you know, we have to take our country back, come out and protest my imminent arrest. The, you know, the, I think it was Angelos, one of the guys said, um, I had always said, if if the Justice Department came after Trump, 100,000 patriots should take to the streets. But I'm retired now, so I'll pray for him instead. <laughs> I, like, right, like, this is not that moment. And, and Trump is politically weaker than he has been. I, you know, do I... I say that understanding we wish he had no political power and pull whatsoever, but this is not going to go like January 6th. This is not going to be, you know, the the tyrant pulling the strings like it was. You seem to disagree. He's still me. pulling the strings, man. Look at just the sphere of Wisconsin influence. You got Dan Kelly, a Supreme Court candidate that's tied into the fake elector scheme. The former Republican Party chairman, Andrew Hitt, tied into a fake elector scheme. You got the U.S. Senator from the state of Wisconsin tied into a fake elector scheme. I mean, the uh, elections commissioner, Bob Spindell, is an election denier. And oh, yeah, he's a fake elector. I mean, they're <laughs> all tied back to the, the crime, the procedural coup that they were trying to perpetrate, Joe. And that's the one that stings me. And hell, even in the eighth, the special, the Senate race, Dan Canodal wrote a letter to the vice president saying, set aside the electoral outcome and throw it back to the state legislatures and let us hash it out, you know, yeah, for Trump. I, there should be accountability for all of that. And, and to me, the positive development here is it looks like at least in this initial case out of New York. The accountability, that day of reckoning is coming from Mr. Trump. My only point is rather than celebrate that, we have to understand that the rule of law 
is what makes this is one of the things that makes this country what it is. And we have to defend that and respect that because, frankly, there are people like Mr. Trump and Mr. Kelly and others who have flouted that and who have not lived up to that. I don't think we need to stoop to their level. We need to uphold the rule of law. Well, porn star payoffs aren't taking down co-conspirators in the January 6th. You know, one of the greatest honors you can be bestowed. Friend of the devils, Joseph Pecky, you're one. Thank you, sir. Come back. More devils. Phone lines open. 844-96-PARTY. This staffer stated that Senator Johnson wished to hand deliver to the vice president the faith electors votes from Michigan and Wisconsin. Get a great effing criminal defense lawyer. You're going to need it. I, 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 I. of the time, they're right every time. The Devil's Advocates. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. It's the hump day edition. It's a happier, happy hour. We're always happy when Joe Specky comes around. Thank you for doing so, Joe. He is a friend of the devil. And a devil in need is a friend indeed. (laughs) The friend of the Devil's Advocates. Get it clear. I want to make sure we don't disparage Mr. Zapecki. Oh, I didn't want to disparage Satan either. <laughs> Guilt by association I'm with fine, Joe. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dom, I don't know if you know, but Donald Trump's got a, a new claim he's making out there in the world. Charges cannot be brought against him. <laughs> That's his latest rant. All right. uh, former President Donald Trump today bizarrely said that the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is not allowed to bring criminal charges against him. No takey backies uh, writing on his truthy social platform. The former president. I mean, anybody else would be getting hauled off right about now. Not to jail, but probably the funny farmers they used to call it, right? <laughs> right? I mean, if your crazy uncle was saying, you can't prosecute me. You would have him taken in for an evaluation, but anyways. or Or, or be, you'd be the front runner for the GOP in 2024. He's the cult leader, baby. (laughs) Writing on his truthy social platform, the former president posted yet another, as they call it, caps-heavy tirade. You know what I mean? All caps, dumb. Against Bragg's investigation into his 2016 hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels. I read briefly from the former president, the rogue prosecutor who is having a hard time with the grand jury, especially after the powerful testimony against him by Felon Cohen's highly respected former lawyer. You know, you got you to gotta <laughs> draw a few lines backwards and forwards. He's connecting some random thoughts in that sentence. Uh, is attempting to build a case that has never been brought before. That's why they're building the case, Donald. Because you've yet to be charged, but soon you will be. Never been brought before. It actually can't be brought. Can't. Cannot. Conjunction. Can. Not. Can't. Be brought. That's what Trump claims. In fact, charges were brought against former Democratic presidential candidate John Edwards after prosecutors alleged that he used campaign donations to cover up an affair he was having while on the campaign trail. Trump concluded his rant with an attack on Bragg's priorities as Manhattan DA. If he spent his time, effort, and money fighting 
And here's a case of that all caps down. Violent crime! Which is destroying NYC, our once beautiful, safe, beautiful and safe Manhattan, which has become an absolute, and again with the all caps, hellhole! Would be much better place to live, exclamation point, he fumed. I hear, actually, things have turned for the better since Trump went to Mar-a-Lago. Well, and let's and we talked about this briefly yesterday. Let's reiterate it again today in light of the former crazy ass president's uh, truthy social rant um, from D.A. Bragg's office yesterday. So far this year under D.A. Bragg, homicides are down 32 percent in Manhattan and shootings down 14 percent. Through the first year of D.A. Briggs administration, homicides were down 16 percent in Manhattan. Shootings were down 11 percent. New York remains one of the safest big cities in the U.S. with a far lower murder rate than the most populous cities where committee chairman Harold from. Again, they got this letter from a few folks, including Brian Stile here in Wisconsin, Ohio, Wisconsin and Kentucky. Yeah. So and he concludes. In every prosecution, we follow the law without fear or favor to uncover the truth. Our skilled, honest, and dedicated lawyers remain hard at work. But, of course, Curdy, the, the news today, which was surprising to some degree, since the grand jury was scheduled to meet, they did not meet today. Why is that? They were supposed to hear, apparently, from an unknown witness. Now, I speculate perhaps getting Weisselberg out of Rikers was taking it a little longer than they thought. Who knows? I don't know, but I did see some reporting that apparently the New York district attorney has the grand jury ready for action tomorrow. And also tomorrow, James Santel, former U.S. attorney, going to join us at 5 o'clock, perhaps fortuitous, serendipitous timing. Was there a poison song like, I want action tonight? Was that, <laughs> yes, who was it? it was. Poison? That was poison, yep. Satisfaction seems, tonight. Seems like you're kind of hair band, Dom. <laughs> oh, totally, man. Uh, 844-967-2789, Alexandria Petrie, who sometimes does sardonic, sarcastic columns over at the Washington Post. She says, but this could be good news for Trump, question mark. Let's not forget there are many on the right that think these accusations of paying off a porn star and perhaps criminal indictments will rise up Donald Trump amongst the craven Republican base and make him a martyr of sorts and, of course, catapult him to the GOP nomination, Tom. Well, and I just want to be clear, and you've said it a couple of times, and I know you don't like being corrected, Curdy, but he's not being charged if he is going to be indicted at all. The charges will not be for paying a porn star $130,000 I mean, for sex. That's not it. It's how did you book it? How did you claim it? What were the circumstances surrounding it? You were in the middle, on the tail end of a, an election, right? This would have been bad for you to get out. You, you booked it improperly uh, with your corporation. A guy went to jail already for it, and two, a couple of your corporations have already been found guilty by Alvin Bragg, who's pursuing this particular charge. So it's not sex with a porn star. Nobody cares about sex with a porn star. A bookkeeping error, if you will. Um, <clears throat> is that what you call it? A paperwork crime? A bookkeeping error. The yeah, paperwork so crime or the if documents in $130,000 out of the bank and put it in my pocket and I post it to Meals and Entertainment or I post it to legal fees, that's a bookkeeping error. It's right? a write-off, no Jerry. Deal. You it don't even no know what a write-off is. It's illegal. It's illegal, of course. And people get arrested for it all the time. Dominic, for most people, tripping one by one over a series of rakes that slammed you in the face, causing you to say, ow, and oof. 
and grow increasingly upset, then fall over and lie there flailing like a tortoise that has been flipped onto a back would be considered an embarrassment. That's the kind of thing that would sink an ordinary politician. But Donald Trump is no ordinary politician. So maybe actually, this is good news. Maybe this helps him. Certainly, the repeated blows to the head don't seem good. And <laughs> if they were to happen to you or me, I would say this is obviously and straightforwardly bad. But with Donald Trump, who really knows? I certainly don't. There are millions of people who love Donald Trump and think nothing he does is bad. Maybe this will be exciting to them and it will become a meme, Dom. Does that mean it isn't bad, though? Simply, objectively, a thing that you would not want to have happen if you could avoid it. I think she's talking about perhaps indictments, Dom. No time to answer. Donald Trump has fallen into a tank filled with poisonous jellyfish, and they seem incensed. Received wisdom says that being stung repeatedly by enraged jellyfish is bad, possibly even deadly. But Donald Trump is the exception to so many rules, it's hard to say. <laughs> Besides, think of how this will stir members of his base to action, many of whom already mistrust jellyfish. Still, though, would it be better for him not to be stung by jellyfish just for his own personal health, well-being, and relationship with aquatic life? Well, no time to think. <laughs> Go ahead, no time to think, Crudy. Donald Trump has hurled himself into the sun for some reason. He's leaving Earth's orbit. His body is covered in icicles. He is flying past Venus towards Mercury. His lips move, but no sound escapes. Could this be good news, though? Most people would perish in a vacuum of space due to simple physics and biology, but Donald Trump is not most people. And consider, if Donald Trump does vanish into the sun, people who love Donald Trump will be very mad about it. So maybe this is a win for Trump, ultimately. Maybe this will counteract the fact that technically no one can breathe in the vacuum of space. Oh no! It appears that Donald Trump is dangling off an edge of a cliff near a vat of chemicals hanging out by his fingertips, and a goat is now nibbling at those very fingertips. Could this be good? Oh no! Donald Trump just fell into a bat of, vat of chemicals. That seems bad, and for most candidates, this would be a setback. But <laughs> think how mad his supporters will be, and maybe he will develop some kind of superhuman resistant skin that he can use to really bother Bruce Wayne in the nighttime. With Donald Trump, you never know. Up is down, wrong is right. Maybe it will help. There's a difference between something is that is good in itself and something that will anger, anger the people who like Donald Trump, which can have scary results. But I have ceased trying to differentiate between them because I have been burned too many times. The Access Hollywood tape. Not one impeachment, but two. Urging an insurrectionist mob to attack the Capitol. And now I no longer see these things as straightforwardly bad and have started to view them as... No time! Donald Trump might be getting indicted. Listen, many people are saying that being arrested for a crime is the kind of thing that would be bad for you or me or the man on the street. But this is Donald Trump we're talking about. He shoots the man on the street for breakfast. He is immune to laws. Maybe it's good, actually. Help! Alexandra Petrie, writing at the Washington Post. No, yeah, it's good for him. A little caustic. <laughs> a little? A little? But isn't that, isn't that kind of the point? I think she does a fine job articulating that. But that's the way it's being 
played in Trump world. I hate to interrupt the phone number, 844-967-279. But they're saying, you know, you make him, he'll rise like a phoenix from these porn star payoff accusations. This no, but, but don't you also... Error. But do you agree with that, Crudy? Because you you think, as you told Zapecki, well, this could be devastating if he if he's found not guilty or not or in, not indicted on these. I'm not clear what your thought it's, is there. So how can you have both of those thoughts? It's not just about Donald Trump, man. You know, I am not living my life waiting to see if Donald Trump gets indicted. But sure, the perpetrators of the crime of January 6th, and that was a very extensive conspiracy. They don't get charged with bookkeeping errors or porn star payoffs if Trump gets indicted by the Manhattan DA. That is not a satisfactory outcome for history for me, man. I care a lot about the outcome. You know, we dis I get it. So do we I. don't even want to talk to the Republican Party chairman and we like the guy. Why? Because he's also involved in the January 6th and that's just the sphere here in the state of Wisconsin. They were all corrupted by it. They were all a part of it. They were willing to set aside democracy. And I would say that all started with Scott Walker here in Wisconsin. Scott Walker took so many acts. Just if it's not nailed down, steal it. Break it. If it's not against the law, do it. And if it is against the law, do it anyways. And then change the law after the fact. Well, you know, if you get caught, you got to get rid of the referees. Well, my question remains, specifically, Crudy, with this Manhattan DA and this Stormy Daniels situation, of course, Cohen already went to jail for. You said to Joe that it would be devastating if he's brought up on charges and not convicted. And I'm wondering, do you think that makes him stronger, as, as some of the Trump world is saying right now? Yeah, charge him. It'll make him stronger. I think it would make him stronger if he was acquitted. I think that that would be devastating. In the court of public opinion, he would rise like a phoenix if he was acquitted. 844-967-2789. What do you think, Bill from Madison? Hey, Bill. Hey, I, hey, I was just wondering, whatever happened with the Georgia indictment, I seem to recall a couple weeks ago they were saying that was coming any day now, and then it was, oh, by Friday it was going to happen. Did they ever indict him down there? Which indictment? I didn't quite hear you, Bill. Are you talking about Georgia, oh, the uh, Fonnie Willis, the 11,780 votes bill? Yeah, that one. Yeah, the charges were are in, imminent, Bill. They're imminent. Uh, no, not charged yet. Uh, the one grand jury was investigatory jur- grand jury. She's since opened uh, the other grand jury, the prosecuting grand jury, and I guess that's where we stand right now. Not very imminent if it takes this long, but no charges yet, Bill. Your phone call could be imminent if you dial us right now at 844-967-2789. You know, this one sort of plays with the Alexandria Petri, her satire. Trump blasting through space like Major Tom. Come back. More Devil's Advocates. You could have a better take than Dom. It's not even that hard. 844-967-2789. Are you talking to me?
Take your protein pills and put The Devil's Advocates. Radio for nasty women everywhere. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. You could be a part at 844-967-2789. Dom, it's a little macabre, but I'm reading a woman's obituary right now. And I mean that in all sincerity. Uh, What's this nice lady's name? Beverly Jean Pittman Burns. And I just got to acknowledge a friend of ours, uh, WRCO in Richland Center, Great little radio station, part of the Civic Media family. Uh, This nice lady has passed away recently in the Richland Center area, March 15th, 2023. And, uh, you know, it's always too soon. Beverly was only about 70, apparently. But here is what um, here's what it says in her obituary. And if any of you pass away before I do, please consider acknowledging the greatest radio show ever in your obituary like Beverly did our friend Phil Nee down in WRCO land. Beverly loved books, music, dancing, animals, chocolate, travel, baking pies with her eldest grandson, and laughing and watching her youngest grandson create art. She taught us all the joy and benefits of dancing. Every Saturday night, she listened to Those Were the Days on WRCO, requesting songs all through the night, dancing in the kitchen in the front lawn, Most of all, Bev loved her family and would go to the ends of the earth for them. Uh, We love our civic media family as well. And while I know that Beverly's family is absorbing the loss of a loved one, man, that is a very nice thing uh, to acknowledge her love for the local radio program. Our friend Phil Nee has been hosting that program for like 30 years. Wow. He is beloved. He is the rock star of Saturday nights in Richland Center, but... Uh, Our condolences to Beverly's family, Beverly Jean Pittman Burns, but a very nice tribute to our friend Phil uh, and WRCO. 844-967-2789. Here's an old radio cat, Rico from Rock County. How you doing, Rico? Hey, Rico. Hey, hey, doing good. How about you guys? Good. Good. (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to talk about this Daniel Bice, you know. This guy, you know, he... how far does he have to go in the slime bucket down to his elbow to uh, dig up a couple of old, crusty, cobweb-riddled, back-of-the-closet divorce stories? On, uh, well, you're Everett talking about Mitchell Everett Mitchell in the primary, and I did take some objection to the Everett Mitchell story. I thought it really lacked any sort of foundation, the, the rationale for him to somehow wade into uh, a child custody hearing where I'm not clear. He could be talking about protosaywitzes in that divorce story. Well, that is a different circumstance, Rico, and I will defend Bice only in this regard. Wisconsin Wright has been out there every day shoveling this story, Rico. And finally, protosaywitz came out and made public statement to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Well, whether or not she was prompted, I don't know. I wasn't there. But once she came out and she made a statement and denied the story and said she might sue, well, then that opens Pandora's box. Now, all the context is fair game in the Dan Bice column in the Journal Sentinel. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if that's all you got is a couple of old divorce stories on these candidates, you know what? Just save that for the memoir books. 
At least the Doro story. Now, the Doro story, that had some teeth. That had something we wanted <laughs> well, to hear about. What about the Dan Kelly story? This freaking guy was involved in an insurrection against the Constitution and gave legal counsel to an action where people committed a fraud. I would allege criminally committed a conspiracy and a fraud. That's real-time stuff that happened less than two years ago or just a little over two years ago. He was still cashing checks last year, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's my Where are the Dan Kelly stories? There's got to be some baggage out there on this guy. Oh, my Lord. What about the His baggage? We, how much more baggage? <laughs> the guy's got an 800-pound gorilla stuffed in the suitcase of the January 6th on his back, Rico. The man has baggage, but we yes. can't hide that. Yeah, but he can't hide that story. That's all out there. We all know about that. Well, shouldn't there's that be, be some kind of... The fact there's that... There's got to be a prostitute or an abortion <laughs> story somewhere in that, <laughs> that guy's background. Rico, while I have no doubt Dan Kelly's got skeletons, uh, shouldn't it be enough? Shouldn't it be damning enough? Do we have to go looking through someone's garbage because they're running for office of some sort? Is it enough to judge Dan Kelly for his, A, bad judicial philosophy, B, his anti-abortion stance, and C, his pro-insurrectionist, pro-coup stance? Shouldn't that be damning enough? I mean, those three items, yes, I think that's, that's enough for me, but well, perhaps people need a little bit more, a little more salacious page six details. Well, Dan Bice has got to write a column. We got to do a radio show. And Wisco Paul's got to call us. Thanks, Wisco. What what do you got going on, fella? What do you got for hey, us? Hey, Paulie. Hey, good afternoon. Well, um, the depths that Kelly's going to in his campaign is ridiculous. But this election really, really shouldn't even be close, boys, because um, it's for fair maps, um, right to choose, or, you know, as, as a woman. And Kelly's a mega who will overturn an election, even a fair election. And so he already it shouldn't even be close. You, you know what's great? Well, it even, <clears throat> Paul, the well, other day. Should, go ahead. <laughs> Paul, I think you're going to say it shouldn't even be close. I'm going to agree with you. Correct. And then I'm going to point out the fact that at the Dan Kelly debate with Janet Protasiewicz, <clears throat> in the front row were Justices Karofsky and Dallet. And let's not forget that Karofsky beat Dan Kelly by 163,000 votes. Well, the scary thing is, is the mega people, they're going to turn out for Kelly. I just hope Milwaukee will turn out because I live very close to Dan County, and I know where I live. It's going to, they will turn out to vote Crudy, as well as the people in Middleton. But it's, it's really, if Milwaukee turns out, this election won't be close, but I'd still fearful on these spring elections that people uh people do turn out you know it's just uh i do know what you mean paul i keep interrupting you but i got a few more callers we're trying to sneak in 844-967-2789 joe from madison welcome joe what do you got for us hey joe uh just wanted to say uh 22nd first day of spring we're around in the bases and i know you guys are plotting your summer and you're plotting all your parties of course that that's high on the agenda and I, I have to tell you, uh, Crudy, you need to take a listen back to what your pal did while you were gone on your Florida vacation because uh, he did a bang-up job with every show he had. 
In particular, he had a show with Earl Ingram, and I was reminded with that velvet tones of his voice of a time uh, several years back where you guys took a day, one of the holidays, and each one of the hosts um, basically plotted out a music hour. And just on the basis of what that dear obituary from that lovely gal who was dancing to music from the radio, I remember being in the backyard uh, listening to Earl's voice as he was playing his his treasured all-time playlist of uh, just beautiful stuff, Marvin Gaye, etc. Joe, I pledge, if anyone wants to hire me as a DJ, I do weddings and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to The Devil's Advocates. We also do this little radio show, The Empowered Caregivers, at 7 o'clock tonight. And in the meantime, Native Roots Radio, keep it locked, Civic Media. Thanks for listening.